The scripture this morning is from Deuteronomy. See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and holding fast to him. And from the New Testament, John. And this follows um, Thomas asking Jesus, where are you going? (laughs) And uh, we don't know. And Jesus said, I am the way. I am truth and life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you know me, you know my Father too. From this moment you know him and have seen him. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father, so how can you say, show us the Father? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Back in west central Indiana where I grew up, in July and August, humidity and the temperature seemed to hold a contest each day to such which could be higher. On a day when it seemed they would close out with a tie in the high 90s, my cousin Danny and I were visiting my Aunt Rita and Uncle Donald. Their home was built on a hill about a quarter of a mile from the highway. Mail delivery was to the box at the bottom of the hill. Around noon, Uncle Donald called us out, and we gathered with him in the kitchen. He just poured two tall glasses of ice water. As we reached toward them, he stopped us in mid-grass. Hold on a minute, boys, he said. Just then, he opened his hand and exposed two freshly minted $5 bills. I want to make you a deal. If you run down to the mailbox, pick up the mail, run back up here, and drink these glasses full of ice-cold water, I'll give you each $5. Well, our 12-year-old ears perked up and we shouted, Easy peasy! And took off at full speed into the hot, sticky air, rushing down the hill. Each of us made a quick grab at the mail, and we were off again at full tilt headed up the hill to cold water and $5 bills. Huffing and puffing and dripping with sweat, we dropped the mail on the kitchen table and reached with one hand toward the water. In a couple of gulps, we downed the water. I even remember an ice freeze in my brain. And we reached for the money. Uncle Donald quickly pulled it back, saying, Not so quick, boys. Looks to me like you just drank those glasses right down empty. I said I'd give you those five dollars if you drank those glasses full of water. (laughs) He broke into a big belly laugh and stuffed the bills back into his pocket. There were lessons to be learned from the joke. First, some jokes are only funny in one direction. More important, we learned how easily people can be deceived. 
especially when money is involved. We can be deceived, you and me, and we all have been. And we can be deceived about the most important things, including things at the heart of our religion. The Old Testament warns us against false prophets and false shepherds, bad priests in wolf's clothing. Jesus echoes those warnings. We know such warnings are needed. Sometimes Christianity has gone astray. Burning witches in Salem? Murdering Jews in the name of Christ? Giving biblical authority to slavery? Jim Crow? patriarchal and white supremacy and gender discrimination? Sometimes we are deceived, often because there appears to be real gain, sometimes monetary, if we fall for the deception. For a variety of reasons, we choose to be deceived. Moses know how easily the wandering Israelites could be deceived, going after false gods, worshiping a golden calf. And he calls them to task, and he asks them boldly and bluntly to make a choice. I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live. Choose life. So here we are in a world of cacophonous things, calls all around us to do this, believe that, buy this, follow that. It's a very noisy world. I'm experiencing through the eyes of a five-year-old who watches commercials. And she's trying to figure them out. They don't make any sense. It's cacophony. It's noise. But we're in the middle of it. It's easy among these many voices to answer the wrong call, to misplace our priorities. Moses offers the Ten Commandments as a way to filter out the voices and to choose life rather than death. And that is the choice each day. Life today or death today. The commandment serves as borders or boundaries as training wheels, if you wish, to keep us on the way of life. And they work, sort of. Too often, people simply ignore the commandments, and as the Old Testament says again and again, they go whoring, and that's the Bible word, they go whoring after false gods. They choose death. You, me, some days, choose life, choose death. So I pause to ask a question. Do you, do I, choose life or death day by day? Or to put it another way, is there life after birth? Ever think of that one? Is there life after birth? To ponder this question, we must step away from simple definitions of life. When Jesus uses the word life, we are not talking about simply Breathe in, breathe out, and brain activity. Mere breath, blood, brain mass. Jesus is offering us something in the here and now that is also forever. Life, as Jesus defines it, 
and offers it to us is experienced here and now, and it is eternal. Think about it. Eternal life. It's really one word. It's life. Because life is life is life is life. It's not death. So life never dies. Life is eternal. If you find it, you got it. You don't have to wait until you die. Because your body will. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father. Jesus is bringing you and me right into the heart of God, right into the heartbeat that is all life and sustains all life that is the source of life eternal. Life, real life, cannot die or it would no longer be life. And that is the truth. And Jesus is the way to life. And make that life with a capital L-I-F-E. That's what we're after. The earliest followers of Jesus were not called Christians. They were called followers of the way. Jesus said, I am the way. The way to what? Jesus' simple sentence points back on itself. The what of the way is I am. Those are big capital letters. I am. Remember what God told Moses when Moses wanted to know God's name? The answer was, I am. That I am. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and life. That if you follow the way that he is, you will be led into the Father, into I am. If you know me, you will know my Father too. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. The call is to a deep spiritual understanding of life rather than a simple physical understanding of life in the flesh. Several early Christians, including many of his disciples, were martyred for following the way. They could accept martyrdom, I think, because they defined life in a spiritual rather than a physical way. Death comes to the body. That is a fact. We all know it who are aging in here. But life, life along the way, ends in the heart of God. It is spiritual. Don't get me wrong. Our bodies are important instruments for following the way. They are God's hands and feet in the world and are not to be abused. However, life, eternal life, the I am of life is much more complicated than physical being. God tells us, I am. Jesus in the Gospel of John always often claims the words, I am. I am the good shepherd. I am the vine. I am the bread of life. I am the truth and the life. Every time he says it, what's he saying? I am. Jesus is God with us. I am. And you and I so often say that phrase as well. I am tired. I am weary. I am worn. I'm so lonesome. I'm so lonesome. I'm so lonesome. I could die. Or I'm so happy, I'm so lucky, I'm so proud, I'm so happy, and here's the reason why. I am. 
I am. For us humans, when we use this phrase, we are making a statement about being, about our being. The phrase is really made clear in black English. I be. I be going to school today. There is an echo of the deep being of God in that phrasing. There is an echo of the deep being God in every I be and I am we humans utter. We need to travel those words deep into the heart of God, for that is where they lead, deep into the heart of a Trinitarian God. A Trinitarian God, we can't follow the way, the truth, all the way to the I am that is the living Christ, the very heart of God, without the power of the Holy Spirit that creates, recreates, and resurrects, filling us full and giving us fruit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit, I think, defines life lived on the way. And what is the fruit of the Spirit? What is the content of life on the way? Paul tells us in Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. I like to think of that as being. When you be full of love and you be in joy and you be at peace, the Spirit is within you. And what does that do? The second part. That gives you a way of living. Patience. Generosity. Faithfulness. Gentleness. And self-control. There is no law against these things. When we taste the fruit of the Spirit... We revisit Psalm 32, which asks us to taste and know that God is good. The fruit of the Spirit is what you get along the way. That's the truth. You get love, joy, peace deep down in your heart. And then you reach out to others with patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. This is life. Life on the way. I think you've all tasted it on the best of days. Know each day there is a time to pick and taste and know God. It tastes so good. Giving us the paraclete, the Spirit holy, Jesus resets the Ten Commandments to better guide us along the way of I am. The reset is simple. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. The first part of the commandment summarizes the first four of the Ten Commandments. You don't have to go through that whole rigmarole. It's quite simple. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. And the second part summarizes the next six. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Transforming all ten is a single word that's missing in the Ten Commandments. What's that word? Love. That's the problem with saying I'm just a Ten Commandment person. You can keep all the Ten Commandments. Remember that rich young ruler? You can have the checklist all filled in. But if you don't have love, you're a noising gong and a clanging cymbal. 
And so Jesus reduces it and adds it at the same time. He says, I'm the law and its fulfillment. The fulfillment is this word love. The heart of the way. God is love. Or to paraphrase in terms of today's reflection, I am love. Love is the core of being. Love is life. Love is eternal. Love is eternal life. So to the answer of the question, is there life after birth? Yes. And that life is there for all who understand and walk the way of Jesus. Who see God in his works and words along the way of loving and healing that he lived in the flesh. And so I return to that cold glass of water. That $5 bill that very hot day. And as I reach out for the bill, these words of Jesus come to my mind. The words he spoke to the woman at the well. The water I give you will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Choose death. Choose life. Choose life. Maybe easier said than done. Until we grab grabbed by the Spirit like Hank Williams did, who sang that song, I saw the light, I saw the light, no more darkness, no more night. Now I'm so happy, no sorrow in sight. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. Just like the blind man, I wandered along. Worries and fears I claim for my own. Then like the blind man, I gave back my sight. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. Amen.